Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We are back from a, a summer hiatus, and uh, training camp is upon us, Wes, so I'll throw the uh, opening line of that hype song at you. Are you ready for this? No, 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 no. No, it's exciting. And, uh, you know, I got a chance to you know, be at the shareholders meeting on Monday, and I was talking with Aaron Nagler uh, from Cheesehead TV about this. I mean, there is a certain amount of change that you almost feel the week that training camp starts. Yep. And I, I like to joke with some of my family members that it's like there's five seasons in Wisconsin where, you know, there's spring, summer, training camp, fall, winter. <laughs> like it's just the, the, the air tastes a little bit different. The sun hits you a little bit from a different angle. It's an exciting time around Lambeau Field, and one of the questions that I, I had from Mark Murphy was, you know, just not just the return to normalcy, but just the idea of being able to get the bikes out there again, being able to, to get fans really truly into this. People not having to ask the question anymore about, hey, are we allowed, are we not allowed? It, it's going to, I think, in a lot of ways feel a lot more like a traditional training camp, and for me, that's something I'm very grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. The, the return to normal as best we can uh, under – the current circumstances. Well, the first practice of training camp is scheduled for Wednesday morning. That is when 2022 camp for the Packers kicks off. So we'll try to set the stage here a little bit with regard to some of the news that has come out, been reported in the last few days with regard to players who are going to begin training camp on the PUP list, which is which stands for physically unable to perform. It's players who will not be practicing at the start of training camp, and it's routine for anybody who doesn't pass a physical, doesn't pass a conditioning test, whatever. There could be any number of reasons. If they aren't going to be out there the first day of practice, they will be on the PUP list. Two players in particular because of position groups that we've spent a lot of time talking about. Two players who are going to be on the PUP list to start camp, David Bakhtiari and rookie wide receiver Christian Watson. Starting on the offensive line, this throws a little bit of a wrinkle into maybe where we thought training camp was going to go with regard to the offensive line because in my mind I was picturing, okay, you get your five-time all-pro back at left tackle, and then you see how it shakes out at right tackle, yeah. right? Yash Nyman, maybe Sean Ryan's in the mix, Royce Newman. There could be some different guys fighting for that right tackle spot. Well, if Bakhtiari's not going to be practicing, 
I'm assuming most likely Yash Nyman is going to be the left tackle with the number one offense here as training camp gets going. You still got to have that, you know, an experienced guy there on, on Aaron Rodgers' blind side, even when it's just a training camp practice. So then we'll see what happens with regard then to the competition at right tackle and how it begins. That being said, they're not going to be in pads for a handful Correct. of days here yeah. uh, yet with regard to, uh, to the, all the players and, and the linemen and the contact in particular. But what's your sense of just kind of where things are going here on the offensive line right now? Yeah, that was one. When you go back to the offseason program, you know, Yash ended up playing quite a bit at left tackle. Probably yeah. more than I was anticipating, regardless of whether or not Bakhtiari was out there. I just was wondering if they would give him more reps at the right side. My guess is, knowing the way that Adam Stenovich looks at this thing, obviously Luke Buckus being a disciple of that is, let, let's get our guys out there. Let's put them in positions to be comfortable. And then once you, you know, if you got to do some positional versatility there, if you got to do some cross training, they've obviously been really apt at doing that as well. So, but Nyman is the guy, I guess, to me, I've always sort of had penciled in as the right tackle. Yeah. Um, the, the real big question mark in this entire equation is Royce Newman, because you, you almost, I look at Newman the same way I looked at Billy Turner coming out of his second or his first year in Green Bay in 2019. He played guard last year, but, you know, he also has a tackle frame. And there's been an idea in the back of my mind, too, that, okay, maybe that right tackle competition comes down to a Nyman and a Newman. But then are, are, you, are you doing a disservice to Newman by not letting him retain his starting position at right guard? That, that's the number one question I think the Packers are going to have to answer this spring or this summer is where is Royce Newman playing? Where do you want to see him line up? He started a tackle last year, and then they ended up moving him to right guard when there were some issues there early in camp at that position. Once the Newman kind of question gets answered, I think that's where the rest falls in line with Nyman, with these rookies that came in. You know, Because th that's the thing, and I wrote about in our position by position series, there are nine draft picks, I think, on this team. I mean, they have invested so many resources into that position, not to mention a guy like Cole Van Lannan from Bayport that was taking some reps with the first-team unit at tackle this this past spring so that is really to me going to be the number one question is because I feel like you can look at eight different versions of this offensive line and honestly I believe all of them is potentially being the week one lineup yeah I agree with you on that point and also with regard to sort of where is Newman going to fit best in this equation yep. now and, and granted we don't know how much of training camp David Bakhtiari is going to miss hopefully it's not a lot but Newman when he was drafted in the fourth round out of Ole Miss, he was brought in as a guy who played plenty of tackle and plenty of guard in college. This is a guy the Packers felt, like you said, with Billy Turner, who could play both spots, and they're going to find maybe where he fits best. Now you have that third-round rookie in Sean Ryan in the mix here. Now this is a guy who played a lot of tackle in college at UCLA, but yet you look at, you talked about Newman maybe having that build of a tackle. Ryan almost looks like he has more the build of a guard as opposed to a tackle. Now that's not to say that yeah. that's absolutely 100% where he's going to go. But if Royce Newman is taking more reps at right tackle, that potentially opens the door for Sean Ryan to get some more reps with the upper units in, in practice um, at a guard spot. And then, and then we see what happens here. At this time last year, neither you nor I, as we had talked about on our last show before we took our break, we weren't talking about Royce Newman being in the starting no. lineup here for the Green Bay Packers. So we just don't know exactly how this is going to shake out. And then obviously when David Bakhtiari gets back 
um, on the practice field on a full-time basis, that's going to you know set off a, a, a string of dominoes, so to speak, as far as how this is going to fall into place. Yeah, and getting a chance to talk with Sean Ryan this offseason, I mean, you get an idea of how big this guy is. I mean, I, I almost equate him to almost he's a larger version of Lane Taylor, where he yeah, has this that's a good, thick, that's a good way to put big, it. well-proportioned body, but he's also 6'5". I mean, so it's funny just the transition that you've seen with offensive linemen over the years. The Packers now have a center that's 6'5". They have a guard that's that's 6'5". You know, they have these guys that can – the reason we talk about the position and where these guys could fit because their bodies almost are more like your traditional tackles, but yet now you're seeing more of those guys push inside. This isn't the, the six foot two center game anymore. It's, yeah. it's kind of changed a little bit in that regard. But, again, ma- major things the Packers are going to have to shift out and I promise you the way that that offensive line looks this first week of practice <laughs> is undoubtedly not going to be the way it looks at the end of camp. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with regard to the wide receiver competition, we spent a lot of time talking about it through the spring. Christian Watson, the rookie second-round pick out of North Dakota State, will not be on the practice field at the start of training camp. Going to be interesting to see what this means then for Romeo Dobbs, the fourth-round pick out of Nevada, for Samari Toure, the seventh-round pick out of Nebraska. Also, what it means for the what I what I call sort of the holdover group, these guys who have been on the roster, yep. they've gotten their feet wet in the NFL, but they're still trying to establish themselves. And of course, I'm talking about guys like Juwan Winfrey, Malik Taylor, and there's another one that whose name is escaping me at the Amari moment. Amari Rogers. Yes, Amari Rogers. Well, actually, there was another one too, but oh. Amari Rogers, third round pick last year, yep. didn't have the rookie season that he was hoping for. A lot of positive signs. Um, here in the spring. So with Christian Watson not on the field early on, again, it's, uh, you know, one, uh, one man's misfortune can be another man's opportunity in this league. So we'll just have to see, we'll just have to see what happens. Did you say Jawan Winfrey? Yes, I did oh, you say did. Jawan okay. Winfrey. Jawan Winfrey, yeah, Malik Taylor, Amari Rogers, and then uh, Danny Davis from Wisconsin. Okay. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I was... And Randall Cobb. <laughs> yeah. That's not quite the same that category. Go, but That goes without saying. Um, I, I don't know if you saw the tweet. I found it very interesting because, again, I wrote one of the stories on him in the spring. You know, Amari Rogers saying that he's reported to camp at 202 pounds. Uh, that was his goal. He wanted to get lighter. He said he played as heavy, I think, as maybe 216, 217 last year. He wanted to get back to being himself. He is the number one player, I think, on this offense that nobody's talking about in terms of that could potentially make a big impact this year. And the reason I say that is because since day one, when you look at how they build that jet motion receiver, that guy that can kind of do it all in this offense, Amari, Amari Rogers, he checks all those boxes. This is going to be a huge camp for him because I think the opportunity is going to be there. But more than anything else, Mike, I think the guy that we're going to be seeing the most is Alan Lazard. Because Alan Lazard is the guy that I think when you look at how this roster is configured, Yes, you brought in Sammy Watkins. Yes, you saw a guy like Randall Cobb really turn it up last season and get back into the fold and show that he still can be a real asset to this offense. But Lazard is in the prime of his career. He's coming off an eight-touchdown season, and he's now going to get a chance to be one of the first guys that Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking towards. He's going to be one of the, at, the guys that are going to be one of the focal points of this offense. And I'm really excited for him in that regard. You saw, I, I know you're big on Instagram, you know, some of these photos that Lazard has put up, I mean, he looks to be in incredible physical shape right now. And I just, to me, that's the guy that I think is really going to be the catalyst in someone that if he stays healthy, this is his chance to prove that he can be a number one receiver. 
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, <laughs> hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, we heard we heard Aaron Rodgers in the spring when he was here for minicamp and he talked about it, how excited he was to see what Alan Lazard is going to do when he's given the opportunity to compete to be a true number one receiver in this offense. He knows the offense. It's not a matter of yeah. learning the playbook or having to, having to study things any differently, but it's going to be where he lines up, where he is in the progression. Obviously, we're going to see what happens with Sammy Watkins, with him getting thrown into the mix here as a veteran wide receiver who's uh, accomplished a lot in the NFL. Um, trying to revive, rejuvenate his career a little bit. You mentioned Randall Cobb. He's you know kind of the old standby, the old reliable for Aaron Rodgers, right? Rodgers knows exactly where Cobb is going to be and when at, at, at certain times. But how all this fits together, if training camp does indeed start as Rodgers was uh, projecting that the top three guys at wide receiver are Lazard, Cobb, and Watkins, whatever order you want to put them in, then it's just going to be a matter of all these other young guys, first and second year guys, the rookies, all in that mix, competing with each other to see like, okay, who's going to who's going to be the guy that gets that one day somewhere in yep. August to get all his reps with the number one offense as opposed to being with the twos or with the threes, right? Like that's what these guys are going to be are going to be fighting for because we know when it comes to the preseason games, there are certain guys who are probably not going to play. Yep. Um, those guys are going to get their op- – the younger guys are going to get their opportunities in the preseason games. But what do they do in practice to give themselves those opportunities with Aaron Rodgers taking the snaps, right? And That's what we'll be watching for. Samari Toure is a name that I'm going to have on my clipboard, on my notebook throughout this camp, throughout the preseason. Because I'm going to tell you this, an offseason program does not make a career. It does not make you a 53-man roster. Toure did – every single thing he could do as a seventh-round pick to get noticed this spring because you're not given much benefit of the doubt. You're not going to be given a lot of time. In a lot of cases, I'm not saying this is Green Bay, but there's a lot of places in the NFL, they're looking for a reason to keep their seventh-round pick on a practice squad. (laughs) Toure, the way he played, the fact that he caught everything that was thrown to him, maybe he had one drop on maybe a, a route on air, I think, but otherwise, in terms of the team periods, the kid performed. In Romeo Dobbs, same thing. This guy coming out of Nevada, tons of production in college, was a complete ball hawk and playmaker in these training camp or these offseason practices. Now let me also add the condition here that Jair Alexander was not out there. Rasul Douglas often wasn't out there. They didn't have their top of the line cornerbacks and safeties. You got to be able to co- you know cushion that a little bit. 
But these guys need to be able to show that they can make plays, and they did it against their peers. And that's one of the reasons why this year, this training camp, these receivers, it is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, certainly won't be the last time over the next month that we're talking about the wide receiver position. I'll take care of some sponsor business here, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7. 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, we believe in better. All right, defensive side of the ball here. Not as much in uh, as far as the off-season news, or I should say recent news with yeah. regard to uh, uh, the, the PUP list and whatnot. So I'll just ask you straight out, what is the number one storyline that you're going into camp paying attention to with regard to Joe Barry's defensive unit? Really? To me, it's Quay Walker. Yeah, I think so too. And the fact of where is this guy going to be, how are they going to utilize him, and how quickly are they going to look for him to be a starter in this unit? We saw him rotating with the starters in the offseason program. Again, that doesn't tell you everything, but it does say something because historically that's not been a thing that has happened a lot in Green Bay, especially with Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes both being here for the offseason program. It's not like there was not enough options there. So, hey, let's throw out Walker. Now, the Packers have some expectations for this young man. Six foot four, 241 pounds. You and I got the visual of what it looks like when he's lining up next to Campbell yeah. behind the defensive line. It's imposing. The, the biggest thing here, we're going to talk a lot about, okay, how is the offense going to you know, do without Devontae Adams? What is Rich Bisacci going to do on special teams? How can they improve in those facets? The defense has been the story since the day the season ended, and especially after Rasul Douglas and Devontae Campbell signed. The defense has been the story. These are the most weapons. These are the most draft picks. This is the most investment Green Bay has made into that side of the ball. And to Joe Barry's credit, they made the most of it last year. Can you see them take that jump? And if they do, Quay Walker is the type of player that they didn't have in this defense last year. That's not a dig against Chris Barnes. I'm saying in terms of just a player, linebacker, athlete, this guy's a difference maker. And that, that's the part of it I'm excited to see, especially being able to work under the learning tree of Devondre Campbell, which he's already kind of integrated himself into you know, in the offseason. Well, certainly with the way last season ended, and as disappointing as it was, the season ends with that big thud of a loss against the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. The reason we've been talking about the defense all offseason, not just because the two first-round picks were both spent on defense and on two guys from that Georgia Bulldogs national championship team, you know, Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt on the defensive line, it's because that defense reached a peak last season right at the time you wanted to reach a peak. Now, is it going to be able to just pick up where it left off in week one? I mean, that's not how this league works, right? But everything about the, everything about the progression and the trajectory of the defense, even in dealing with Jair Alexander's injury and other guys being in and out of the lineup, the defense got exactly where it needed to be last January um, for the Packers to uh, to get where they wanted to go, and other the other phases of things didn't fall into place, but that's why so much attention has been on this defense, and everybody's really really excited. Then you throw in Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt on a defensive line, where you not only spend a late first round pick, you spend a first round pick on that position group for the first time since Kenny Clark, yeah. but you also brought in a free agent in Jaron Reed 
who spent five seasons in Seattle, spent a season in Kansas City. This is a this is a productive guy. I like to call him the been there, done that guys, right? I mean, he's he's been he's been in playoff games, he's produced, the track record is there, he's been healthy, uh, hasn't had, you know, an, an injury pockmark career, anything like that. This is a this is a defensive line. This is a defensive line that's as deep as I've seen it in a long time. And then you talk about that imposing look of Campbell and Walker, two six foot four guys, um, as those two inside linebackers. There's a there's a lot of excitement about this defense, and for good reason. All that being said, we may not really see what this defense looks like for a while because a lot of guys aren't going to play in the preseason right. games. They're going to go through camp. We're going to see them in the eleven on elevens. We're going to we're going to try to glean what we can from it. But week one, in some in some respects, can't get here soon right. enough as far as just where is this Packers defense considering where it left off last January. And, and that's where it's going to be exciting, too, because I do think for a first-round pick, I think you are going to see Devontae Wyatt play in a lot in preseason. I think you're going to see, I mean, T.J. Slayton and Jonathan Ford, I mean, they might need to work on their, their cardio a little bit. <laughs> yeah, those guys, those, it, guys, those, guys might, those guys might get uh, might get a lot of snaps <laughs> in these three games in August, uh, that's for sure. And, and that's the exciting part of it. Because yeah, Kenny Clark, you're not going to see out there. You know, Dean Lowry, I wouldn't imagine, especially with Dean. I think he's he's on PUP too. Yeah, Lowry is one of the defensive yeah. starters who uh, who is going to begin camp on PUP. And Jaron Reed, I wouldn't imagine maybe he gets some work, but I it's going to be a lot of those young guys, and that's going to be their time to shine. Because as much as we talk about rotation, as much as we talk about being able to keep guys fresh, what is this really about? To me, it's about how are we going to be able to make Kenny Clark's life even easier to allow him to be the playmaker I think everybody knows he can be? Clark has worn so many hats for this defense yeah. over the years. He's been their top run stuffer and their top interior pass rusher. Can you, can you start to pick and choose? Can you start to figure out where other guys might be able to step up so you get more out of Kenny in this faster? Can you take some double teams off of him? That's the really exciting part, especially seeing how Dean Lowry developed last year and him having the best year of his career. That, again, the sky's the limit for, for so many different facets of that defense. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Well, before we go, I want to touch a little bit on the third phase of things as well with regard to uh, special teams because right at the beginning of this week, the Packers made another addition there and a very similar addition to one they made much earlier in the offseason. And I'm talking about signing a reserve defensive back from the Raiders who has a lot of experience on special teams and a lot of familiarity with Rich Bisaccia, the new Packers special teams coordinator interesting how the packers have have gone about you know not only looking to to revamp the special teams but then but then also finding guys that they believe they can that that if all goes well they'll be able to slot in as some of these depth pieces yeah. in the defensive backfield and uh these are two guys from everything that we know and i'm talking about Keyshawn nixon and Dallin Levitt, Levitt being the new signing this week, that uh, um, these are guys that have have almost the same, what do you call it, track record in yeah. the NFL in terms of in terms of they haven't been starters, 
but they've been very active reserve players in the defensive backfield for the Raiders, and they've done a heck of a lot of work on special teams working under Bisaccia. Yeah, and it's not like Levitt was just sitting out there either. I mean, the Raiders just let him go last week, so obviously the Packers jumped on that quickly. We haven't had a chance to talk to Rich Bisaccia yet, but you have to imagine he placed a call there being like, hey, this is a guy that could really help us. And the, the part of it that's exciting is you look at Keyshawn Nixon. Let's start there. From day one, when he got non-tendered by the Raiders and they made the Packers made such a point to sign him, it would have been one thing if you just brought him in. It's like, okay, this is a Rich Bisaccia guy. This is a guy that's going to help us on the core four units. No, I mean, Joe Barry was using him as his dime cornerback yeah. too. It shows you that they feel like there's more to this guy than just the past history with Bisaccia, that this is a young man, 25 years old, good size for the position. You know, maybe not the typical height, but, you know, really good frame for the safety spot that he could potentially help them up near the line of scrimmage. And then you look at Levitt, the guy had his career-high special teams tackles last year. He had 12. Another Aggie. The Packers have had tons of those. You know, Utah State guys over the years, I believe he might have been a teammate of Kyler Fackrell. i got to go back and look at that. But Yeah, could have been. Th- this guy, uh, same t- typical kind of frame. I, I mentioned the offseason program, Mike, and I wrote about this in Inbox, too, and you and I discussed it. That, that Sean Richardson-type safety, yeah. where it's a guy that has a good frame for the position. You can see how he could fit into all these different special teams units. That's Without knowing a lot about Levitt, that's one of the things that really spoke to me. And his addition comes at a position where the Packers didn't really have anybody with NFL experience, extensive NFL experience, behind the starters in Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. They're adding pieces where they needed, obviously, special teams help to improve those units, but also guys that could potentially factor into the defense as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and here I want to close on, I guess, what I'll call the, my, my uh, grain of salt moments of the week, all right? Because there are a lot of fans, obviously, there's, there's, there's angst and, and nervousness and everything with regard to what's happening on special teams and how is Rich Bisacci going to fix all of this. And Packers fans are going to want to turn on that first preseason game and see that the special teams are all fixed, yeah. right? So my... My, my sort of take this, you know, all, all of this, uh, this hype with regard to the special teams, the, the grain of salt part of it is Rich Bisacci has been doing this for a long time. My, the sense that I get, and I could be way off base here, but the sense that I get with how the 90-man roster has been built, with what we saw in the spring, with how he was trying out all diff- different guys, all kinds of different guys at returner and gunner and yeah. all of these different things that they were working on, Rich Bisaccia knows what he wants it to look like and how he's going to coach this team through the season. I think he's going to use training camp and the preseason games to find the guys that he wants. Yeah. You know, It's not going to be about the finished product on the field in the preseason to get ready for the regular season. Getting ready for the regular season for Rich Bisaccia is, I want to find the right guys. And then when I have all the right guys and we've made the decisions on who they're going to be, now I'm going to now I'm going to coach him and and we're going to get this thing to where we want it to look like. So I just want to say that with regard to um you know the the preseason cuz there's going to be a lot of talk out there on the first punt coverage, the first kickoff yeah. coverage, everything in that first preseason game. We just have to take a step back for a moment. And the other thing I have to say too, another grain of salt moment of the week is as excited as we are for training camp, it's here. The season's going to get rolling. The first handful of days are going to be without pads. These are really going to be just glorified OTA practices with like bigger crowds and fans cheering and all that. And that's all going to be great. But we still have to wait 
several days before before the pads go on, before the one-on-one pass rush, pass protection drill. You know, we see that kind of hitting, and and uh, um, so it's it's just yes, there's a lot of excitement right now, but the real work hasn't quite started yet. It'll start as soon as I head to Canton. Then you'll be <laughs> good right. to go. Then it's all good to go. I, I do want to say this, though. We'll close on this with the special teams. You're absolutely 100% right. It is going to be a process you do have to build. The one thing, though, if you're a Packer fan that you have to be excited about is the fact that Packers fan wanted changes on special teams. They got it. Yeah. There was a new coordinator, Brian, you know, Byron Storer, his assistant, Basachi's assistant, a new assistant to him. They had their top four guys, I think, in playing time are all they moved on or they, they departed. This is going to be a different unit, and yep. it's going to look differently. Now, it's can you build a different and reestablish that identity? That That's going to be the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team. Training camp kicks off on Wednesday. We will be there for every practice, all kinds of stories, videos. Packers.com is going to be full of content, folks. You won't want to miss it. So for Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.